I'm not sure that I have the energy to deal with another lockdown. I think I'm mourning the loss of a year of my life and the various things that I had planned. Mourning uh, as a feeling is, I think, a really good choice here. And it's a very valid emotion or set of emotions or experience. Traditionally, of course, we think of mourning in the context of uh, the death of somebody close to us. And, of course, the closer they are to us, typically the, the greater the effect it has on us. But mourning, if we think about it, isn't quite as simple as it seems because there can be times when there are people who we don't see that often. Maybe we haven't seen them in many months, but we're not necessarily missing those people, even if we care about them and they're important to us. But we're not feeling that sense of distance necessarily. And there can be, beyond that, there can be a sense of loss of things, but those things aren't people. They can be dreams, goals, ambitions, sometimes even the ideas of people. It's complicated. So in the context of a global pandemic, we could mourn the loss of the idea of a person. It could be somebody who is alive and well, but maybe we can't connect with them. So that's interesting. They're still there, but just it's the connection that's taken away. And conversely, sometimes you'll find when somebody has actually passed away, but still somebody feels a real close sense of connection with that person and they really hold on to that. So it isn't as simple as existing or not. It's sometimes this idea of being able to access something or not. So heading in to the year, we, we may have had a series of expectations, hopes, dreams, and ambitions. And then suddenly the rug feels as if it's been pulled out from under us. And so it is absolutely possible and uh, understandable, I'd argue, to experience a rather profound sometimes sense of loss over some of these things. Now, exactly how pronounced the feelings are, how strong they are, is going to depend on a number of things, uh, but probably most distinctly what the meaning was of those things to us that we've lost and our appraisal to at least some extent of the degree to which we've lost them. You know, because sometimes you can convince yourself that it's okay, it's just temporary pause and it's just around the corner and it mightn't seem so bad. But of course, that gets a bit harder to do as the question suggests, how do you have the energy to deal with another lockdown? Another being the operative word there. So it can start to wear us down at a certain point and that's rather understandable. So the first thing I think is appreciating that that mourning is valid and mourning doesn't need to be a competitive sport <laughs> because sometimes we feel guilty. We think, well, you know, other people have actually lost people close to them. How could I mourn the loss of maybe contact with somebody who I will get to see at a later point or the loss of maybe a job or the loss of a business or something along these lines? And of course, while, you know, that that's that's a very fair and reasonable point, we want to have, I think, the greatest sense of empathy for people who have experienced tragedy. You know, it is a really, really challenging and uncertain time. At the same time, it's not a competitive game. So I don't think it's either or. You can absolutely have that sense of respect and appreciation for people in very challenging circumstances. And 
if you're not in circumstances that maybe seem objectively quite so bad, you can still, however, have a feeling of appreciation for uh, your own challenges. That's completely okay. And this is not to be confused with a kind of a, a self-pity and just getting stuck in a spiral of negativity. That's not what this is. This is just in a very reasonable way saying to yourself, well, hold on a moment. This has been a tough year. There have been challenges and it's absolutely okay to acknowledge that and to appreciate that. So I think that's the first thing. If you can allow yourself a bit of space to maybe mourn some of what you have lost this year and to recognize some of the challenges, that's, I think, a rather reasonable starting point. And that alone, kind of meeting the feelings halfway like that, can actually go a long way to helping them to process rather than just kind of getting stuck in this place of not quite engaging with them and being then somewhat in suspended animation, which can be rather uncomfortable. The other thing that you may then want to do is, having acknowledged those feelings, is to say, well, okay, where to now? How to progress this in, in some meaningful way? But one way you might want to frame it is to kind of take your perception and the frame of your perception and to kind of expand that and stretch that out a little bit further. So you still get to see everything you were seeing before, but now you're getting to see the rest of the frame as well. You've broadened the perspective somewhat. So you may be noticing the things you've missed out on. You may be noticing the approximate present, these few months. But maybe what you're also seeing is everything before now. And maybe you're seeing everything after now as well, a few years down the line and a few years before this point. And you're appreciating some of the good stuff that's been there, which is kind of like a stockpile, <laughs> like people queuing at the shops trying to stock up on whatever it is. This is like a stockpile of emotion and energy and wellness that you have that maybe you need to tap into now a bit more. Maybe you need that reserve. And also, you can look forward to some of the stuff that you will be doing at some point. It might be a bit hard to know when, granted, but you can certainly look forward to some of that and feel a sense of positivity about that. And you might think of it somewhat like the idea of seasons in nature. Because we tend to get acclimatized and comfortable with the way things have been in recent time and just sort of assume that's the model for how they'll always be. It's understandable. It's a practical way to live. But imagine, and what I'm thinking particularly here now is the example of my daughter. Uh, both daughters actually were born in summer. But what it's like for a baby, so... You know, I'm thinking specifically of my, my daughter born earlier in the summer. And she's only experienced summer. And she's born in Ireland and she's only experienced summer. So there's an expectation. These are the clothes you wear. This is the warmth. Obviously, as an infant, you're not really thinking about these things, but you're certainly acclimatizing and feeling it. And then what happens is Irish winter hits. And again, while she wouldn't have the words to, to, to put on it, I don't know what those words would be, but it certainly is a feeling of what the hell is this or something along those lines, because you're used to wearing short sleeve tops and just the warmth and everything's okay. And then suddenly, oh my God, what's this? And there's going to have a feeling of contracting. But of course, those of us who've been through a few seasons know that there are seasons. And that's an obvious point, but it's an easy one to forget. 
that there are seasons and winter is, of course, followed by spring and summer and autumn or fall again and then winter and, and so on. It continues. So if you zoom out and look at these things in, in terms of decades or in terms of centuries even, you see that these kinds of things do happen. They are, in a sense, normal in a weird way. It seems strange to think of it that way because it's not normal compared to what we're most recently used to. But they are part of the bigger picture, I suppose, of just the package of what it is to be a human being in this world. Now, none of that is supposed to minimize the feelings that we just talked about. That's why I spent a good while there talking about validating the feelings first before you move on to, to, to this uh, reflection or this meditation. But it is that helpful ability to put the thing in scale and to almost normalize the lack of normality a little bit more and go... Yeah, well, you know what? It is actually kind of part of what it is to be a human in the world. So therefore, rather than resist it too much, I can embrace it in a sort of a weird way and say that, yeah, these things do happen and they're really challenging, but I'm not going to be too phased by it. It is challenging. I'm not going to ignore any emotions that are there. But at the same time, I'm going to see this as a season. I'm going to see this as a winter as such. And what do you do in winter? Well, hopefully you've had a reasonably good summer, so the years before this, and you've got some of that to appreciate, maybe to take stock of and to use. But the other thing, of course, you do in winter is you prepare for the spring and the summer. And this may be a very good opportunity to appreciate some of the beauties that winter has in a way. You know, winter is a chance to to stop maybe to breathe a bit more, maybe the busyness of the summer up until this point. It has its own beauty to it, which can be appreciated before you do anything else. But one of its features is maybe the space to then be able to prepare to rest and to actively think a little bit about what's ahead and to use this opportunity. Because wouldn't it be a shame to be out the other side of this and society kicks up again and the pace increases and we kind of get back to whatever we want to call normality. And you then at that future point think to yourself, oh my God, I wasted a pandemic. <laughs> that was a chance to kind of stop and rethink things. And I, I appreciate here, not everybody has the same space to be able to stop and think. I've been very busy through it. And of course, people, frontline workers, emergency service workers, etc., have been very busy. But to the degree we do have any of that space, and sometimes even if you're busy, the change is as good as a rest. Just the, 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 the fact that things are different can itself be an interesting thinking tool. What a great thing it is to be able to use the winter to be able to prepare for the summer in that way. So hopefully some benefit can come from it. And that's not happening through ignoring challenges. It's almost the opposite. By appreciating the challenges, that's giving you then a chance to kind of retool, repurpose, to maybe shift your direction, to take advantage of this moment and to navigate forward positively. If you found this valuable, do like, subscribe and share. And what's your experience? Do you have any questions or topic suggestions? You can contribute in the comments, on social media using hashtag BodyMindSelf or on JFL.com.